The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. The Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Of the 613 laws given in the Talmud, the central text of rabbinic Judaism, Jesus homes in on these two as the greatest. They are so great and so important, says Jesus, that the whole law and prophets, the entirety of Scripture, depends on them. And if the entirety of Scripture depends on them, that means, my friends, that the entirety of our lives depends on them too. Love your God. Love your neighbor. These are the greatest commandments, both in importance and, dare I say, in difficulty. In a mysterious way, they are the ones that give us both the greatest hope and longing and expectation, and they cause us the most consternation. These mixed emotions all seem to be wrapped up in that one word, love. The love that is required by these commandments is not the type we usually face and experience on a day-to-day -day basis. It isn't eros, the intimate love of passion. It isn't philia, the shared love between friends or equals. It isn't even storge, the love and affection of human fathers and mothers for their children. No, the love that is required by these commandments is agape. It is the indescribable, otherworldly, sacrificial kind of love. The love that loves another as we love ourselves. 
The love that wills the eternal good of the other. The love that, as Jesus says, requires all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. What Jesus is telling us today is that we must love God and love our neighbor with our whole being, with everything we are and everything we have. That is why these commandments are so difficult, and that is why they give us such mixed emotions. We all want to be loved and to love, but to do that means that we must open ourselves up to giving and receiving that love. These commandments require us to be vulnerable. And that's why we tend to recoil from them and chase after other loves. Vulnerability is a scary thing because it puts our shame and brokenness on display for all to see. It reveals to God and to our neighbors, the ways in which we have been wounded, deeply wounded by other loves. It shows the wounds that have been inflicted upon us by the brokenness of intimate, erotic, spousal love. It displays the deep gashes exacted upon us by the broken love of our friends or co-workers or fellow Christians. It reveals the lesions and the scars of the broken familial love that we've carried around with us for so long. Often, this vulnerability and these wounds torment us. It did for the young monk Martin Luther all those years ago. How can we, damaged, imperfect, and unfaithful people, fulfill these commands of loving God and loving our neighbors? How can we possibly be loved in return with all the wounds and scars and damage that we have? Surely, Surely we are but a worm. Surely we deserve nothing but the wrath of the Lord and the wrath of our neighbor. Here we see how the devil, the world, and even our sinful flesh twist our fear into believing that these great commands are nothing but heavy burdens. They coax us into thinking that these commands are nothing but the unattainable precepts given in slavery. But this twisting and this coaxing are nothing but lies. This is not what Jesus gives. This is not what Jesus wants for you. That's what Luther rediscovered 506 years ago. 
That's what we commemorate on this Reformation Day. We don't celebrate division or exile among the church. We mourn that actually. No, on this day, we joyfully remember the rediscovery of the true love. The Holy Spirit taught Luther through the opening of Scriptures that loving God and loving neighbor were not so much initiative, but responsive. In other words, we don't do the commands for the command's sake. Rather, we're doing them because we're responding to a love first given us. And in that we see these are not burdens of slavery, but these commands are an invitation into a new heavenly relationship. We love, writes St. John, because God first loved us. This love of God was not first an action or even a feeling. This love of God was first a person, namely our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus himself is agape love incarnate. This love is open to all. He's open to you. This love gives of Himself wholly and sacrificially for you. And so this morning, Jesus invites you to bundle up all your woundedness and brokenness and shame and gnashes and scars and to place them into the spot where He is most vulnerable directly into his pierced side next to his merciful heart that beats even to this day for you. Sin goes into his side. Forgiveness comes out. Brokenness goes in. Mercy rolls out. Wounds go in. Healing comes out. Unworthiness goes in. And through blood and water, agape love flows out like a mighty river. And on this day, you and I go into that scar on His side and we come out little transformed Christs that are able to receive love and then give love. Loving God and loving our neighbor with our whole being is the greatest of commandments because they are the natural responses to the greatest of all gifts given to us. Namely, the divine love and mercy, forgiveness, and very life of God. Today, my dear friends, you are given love incarnate once more on this altar. The love which was nailed to the cross 
will once more be placed onto your tongue. The love of God incarnate in the host will soak up all that weighs you down, all that makes you feel unworthy, all that makes you feel like you are not loved. He soaks it all up. And through it, He transforms and enlivens you once more to joyfully give of your whole life to Him and to the rest of the members of His body. In the simplest of ways, Jesus says to you today, I love you. I love you. And His greatest prayer and His greatest hope is that you would love Him back. For those of you who, like me, too often feel unworthy of love or unable to love because of our past wounds and scars and shame, I want to leave you today with a poem that I kind of use as a prayer that's entitled Love by George Herbert. I invite you to close your eyes and bow your heads and to reflect on this poem with me. Love bade me welcome. Yet my soul drew back, guilty of dust and sin. But quick-eyed love, observing me grow slack, from my first entrance in, drew nearer to me, sweetly questioning if I lacked anything. A guest, I answered, worthy to be here. Love said, you shall be he. I, the unkind, ungrateful? Ah, my dear, I cannot look on thee. Love took my hand and smiling did reply, Who made the eyes but I? Truth, Lord, but I have marred them. Let my shame go where it doth deserve. And know you not, says love? Who bore the blame? My dear, then I will serve. You must sit down, says love, and taste my meat. So I did sit and eat. My dear friends, let us now sit and pray, rest and eat. Let us be loved by the Lord today, holy wonderfully so that we might be able to love in return. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.